Hello and welcome to the Go Gamecocks podcast presented by the State Newspaper. We are your short and sweet podcast that you can listen to on the way to work to know all you need to know about South Carolina athletics. I'm your host, Greg Hadley, and I am joined by our football writer, Ben Briner, to talk about USC's 34-14 loss to Missouri this Saturday. Ben, from a big picture perspective, how bad was this for South Carolina and how much has it changed the trajectory of their season? It changes the dynamic because they're going to need to pull off something big, pull off really a massive turnaround if they want to at least make a bowl game. Coming into this game, if they had been able to hold the line, win what in theory was a toss-up even if Las Vegas didn't say it was, if they'd been able to pull that kind of game off, they could have still had a decent path to a bowl game if they were on point every single game. Now they're going to need to knock off at least Florida or Texas maybe both. And that's a really tall ask for where this team is right now. So then the question becomes, not necessarily from a coaching perspective because coaches tend to coach every single game to win until things are really out of hand, but from a fan perspective, there's got to be a lot of looking at what are the pieces that have to come back, who can sort of be an anchor to this team in the future? Are there some wide receiver playmakers that, that might be interesting? Are there some young defensive players who are getting some looks and kind of developing? Because right now, it's a really long shot for them to make a bowl. Okay, that's the big picture. Let's look specifically at the nitty-gritty of this game. The big storyline, I think, was Ryan Holinsky in his first career road start, really struggling after putting up an SEC Freshman of the Week performance against Alabama last Saturday. What did you see from him? I know going into the week, there were some reports that he had missed practice time with an issue related to his elbow. How much do you think that played a factor, and how much do you think of it was just a true freshman displaying some natural inconsistency? I hate to to sort of cheat and say a little of both. He just, his ball placement didn't look as crisp as it had been, and that's not to heap any blame on him. It's just those passes weren't quite where they where they had been. There were some plays where they were still in good enough position that a receiver probably should rise to the occasion to make a play. There were a few more misses than you'd expect, a few more kind of open receivers who, who that you couldn't quite hit. And there were some deep shots where, frankly, they were hard passes, and it's just sort of people think that those passes are maybe a little easier to hit than one might expect. I think he just had a rough game, and I think that that'll happen for a freshman. And I don't know that it necessarily says something about anything going forward. I thought it was a little interesting that Will Muschamp said he's not hurt because if he's hurt, he wouldn't play. But I have to assume that if there was some elbow soreness, it was at least affecting him a little bit. The ball looked pretty crisp coming off his hand in warm-ups. That being said, the ball seemed to come out a little sidearm, and I'm not sure how much of that is just me not closely watching his delivery until I had something to look for. But ultimately, I think it was just one of those moments you wasn't a good day, but you kind of move on and you say, all right, what does he look like going forward? Will Muschamp was pretty adamant in his Sunday teleconference that he's fine. You know, he's got some natural bumps and bruises from a game like that. But those bumps and bruises came from a Missouri pass rush that got to him a lot. The offensive line really seemed to struggle for South Carolina. What do you think their issue was? It definitely did. I think it didn't help that Missouri was kind of loading the box. I know on a lot of the third downs, Missouri would just go with zero coverage and dial up exotic blitzes, and they definitely hit him. And it was interesting because this was your first SEC road start, and 
their guards are kind of on the young side and kind of on the inexperienced side. I haven't dug too deep into the film to kind of get the sense of, was it more on the guards? What was kind of going on there? But I definitely kind of looking at the overall performance, Helinski got pressured a lot. He got hit a lot, got sacked a fair amount, and the run game just really struggled all day. Some of that I think was the line. Some I think was the running backs. Some I think was the fact that Missouri was daring South Carolina to run into challenging situations. But I think overall, that was a big step back for a unit that had looked good for a couple games and really was trying to find some kind of footing after a bad opener, having to shuffle the lineup. And they'd made progress in Muschamp's three years, but this this group definitely seems like we haven't seen much of that consistency just yet. You mentioned some problems with the running back. It was South Carolina's lowest rushing total for a game since 2003. Tavian Feaster and Rico Dowdle are both players that have had strong starts to the season, both known to be pretty talented. What was missing for them? At times it seemed like there just wasn't quite that surge you would hope for. At times it seems like there were offensive line breakdowns. And I think Missouri might have a very good defense. Their stats right now are otherworldly, but we'll have to sort of see how that rounds in with the rest of the schedule. Barry Odom, people will remember, he's a defensive guy. He got that job in part because he built an extremely awesome defense, uh, I believe in 2015 or so. The Missouri offense was just atrocious, and that defense dragged them to five wins. So I think that certainly could factor in. But still, when your top two tailbacks get the ball 14 times, and I want to say combined had three, two or three runs for five or more yards, that's not going to get it done, and that's really not going to get it done on a day where your passing game is is out of sync. Looking on the defensive side of the ball, that was an area of concern for South Carolina fans coming into this game because of how they played against Alabama. Obviously, Alabama is a very talented program with an explosive offense. That being said, the defense came in and seemed like it it performed well for a little bit, but there were some there were some crucial breakdowns. There were it seemed like the third down issues really cost South Carolina. They they had a few third and longs that really went awry, and then kind of later in the game, they gave up sort of a, a big batch of, I guess they were on the third and shorter side, but if you go down the numbers, you've still got a third and 12 they gave up, a third and nine they gave up on a Kelly Bryant run, a third and 10 they gave up on a on a little pass. I think that beyond that, they played reasonably well. They had a great goal line stand, they had a pick, they seemed to force the Tigers off the field after a little... But ultimately, it seemed like they were giving up maybe a first down or two per drive, and eventually that sort of wore them down. But also, Will Muschamp mentioned some fatigue factor. They were on the field an awful lot just because the offense could not stay out there. And when that happens, that's going to eventually wear down even a deep defense. And this defense has kind of seen bites taken out of its depth here and there. Muschamp said that linebacker consistency was an issue, and there were a couple plays where Gamecocks players really got beaten one-on-one spots, and that in itself is a problem. I think that this says something decent about where this Gamecocks defense could be long-term, but by the same token, it's one game and you kind of still have to play the wait-and-see game. And of course, this being South Carolina-Missouri, it's a series that has some reputation for some funky results and funky plays. We got to that very early this year with a fumble recovery that even the players said they, they haven't seen anything like it. And then later in the game, that 100-yard pick six, not something you see very often, that was a huge turning point as well. It definitely was. I, I actually don't think the 
fumble return was necessarily a great turning point because it's only the first touchdown, and in theory, if the offense is running the way it needs to be, you can overcome that deficit. It was weird because Ryan Holinsky was basically trying to dirt the ball. He was trying to bat it down onto the turf, and it was called a catch, which was weird because it didn't, you know, college and NFL football have been debating what is a catch, and it's become all these sorts of issues, and usually it sides on you have to possess the ball for an oddly long amount of time. This is maybe the first time I've ever seen it where someone has possessed the ball for so very little time and then had it called an actual catch and then flowing from that. It was just deeply strange. It was just was odd, and I don't... I've never seen a play like it and was kind of confused by the whole process. Will Muschamp really held his tongue about it, at least in public settings. But the pick six was a little more interesting because South Carolina was... If they make that play, they're down three. If they kick a field goal, they're down seven, which at least gives the game life and makes it close. And that pick six makes it a 17-point game on a day when South Carolina's offense is struggling. And not a lot of teams are going to rally from down 17 in the second half. That's just not a thing that happens that often, especially when your offense isn't that great. And having looked closer at the play, it was definitely an RPO, and we haven't received a great explanation for what kind of went wrong would be interested to kind of hear if someone went into it more technically on the staff who actually knew, you know, the design. But it definitely looked like the guy they were reading was an edge defender, and he broke in hard as if there was a run, and that slant was maybe open for a little. And it just seemed like the timing and the mechanics of the play might have been a little off, or that defender just, you know, took three steps in and then bolted out and just got right to the right spot. But that was sort of a swing play, and I think that Those two plays definitely made the game look worse than it was when it was all said and done. I'm guessing that if you looked at some of the sort of statistical projections about it, they would say it was probably a game that if those numbers were the same, South Carolina would win 40 to, you know, maybe maybe the high 40% of the time, maybe. But instead you have those weird swing plays and they put South Carolina in a bad spot because let's face it, there were only so many games that they could go in saying they had a pretty good chance of winning, and they've now dropped two of them in North Carolina in this one. Yeah, like you said. I mean, at the end of the day, they lost the game. So the numbers might be at a certain point, but they are where they are. And now they welcome another SEC East team in Kentucky to williams Bryce Stadium this upcoming Saturday. We said it's so much going into this Missouri game, but is this a must-win game for South Carolina? We're getting to a point in the season where it's getting kind of weird to use the phrase must win. If they lose this one, their bull hopes are dead in every phrase but them actually having seven losses. They would need this to hold on to any shred of hoping for a bowl. That being said, it's kind of hard to say because it's so unclear where this season is and where anything is going at this point. Right now... You know, the coaching staff and the players have always said each week is its own thing. And at this point, in searching for actual context, each week kind of has to become its own thing because looking at the overall picture, it's not going to get any better until they start taking care of business and then do some things they shouldn't. Okay, we will be back to more fully preview Kentucky on Wednesday. As a reminder, during football season, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. And you can get those wherever you get your podcast. 
So please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen.